0: And welcome to this podcast series from CityWire in association with Varenne Capital Partners. My name is Amy Maxwell. I'm the managing editor of CityWire Engage, and I'll be your host for the series. Varenne is a research and process-driven investment manager based in Paris, where it was founded by its current management team in 2003. It's a firm with deep roots in the hedge fund industry and uses its research as a foundation for managing both USITs and non-USITs funds, all of which concentrate on the firm's highest conviction ideas. Throughout the series, we'll be hearing from integral people to this boutique asset manager, as well as members of Europe's fund selection community, for some tips of the trade on how to grow a business from 3 million to 3 billion. The Varenne team will be sharing the highs and lows of their journey, as well as unveiling some of the work that goes into building their unique databases and delving deeper into topics such as tower risk hedging and behavioral finance. Consider it a window into the hedge fund world. So that's enough from me. Now it's time to welcome Giuseppe Peroni, CEO and managing partner at Varenne, and the first guest of the series. Giuseppe is going to be giving us his very personal take on the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Welcome Giuseppe. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Amy. Thanks for having us.
0: So today, this is very much for our listeners, a look into what has often been seen as quite a secretive world, the hedge fund industry. So let's start at the very beginning. Take me back to 1996 um, when you graduated in Milan and HSE in Paris.
1: With pleasure. So, uh, well, this was actually a very accidental route to to get us to, you know, where we are today. And uh, yeah, I started in probably 95, 96, when I was, uh, you know, graduating, as you were saying, and uh, clearly interested in finance back then, being working in London, Paris, and then Boston. And while I was in Boston, I really uh, get to know uh, I got to know the, um, say what we can say, the, the value investing uh, philosophy and, and, uh, uh, and I would say the, the strategy that they were employing there, plus the hedge fund industry, which is something that I didn't know before. So with that, I would say I, um, I started to think about the idea of maybe start converging, I would say, uh, on a uh, on, on methodology that we were working on with a friend. Uh, that was really meant to create a private equity uh, investment vehicle, and 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 so the idea came to my mind back then to say, so why not uh, employing a, a methodology that is similar to private equity but to public markets? And so that's how we started.
0: I understand you took part as an investor in the turnaround of um, a Cap Gemini company. And, and that taught you quite a lot from the consulting world about applying this me- methodology from private markets into public markets. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about that investment in particular?
1: Sure. I mean that was really something that uh, you know uh, I did before um, you know, starting up Varan. And uh, it, it meant uh, a great deal to me because simply uh, it was uh, a, uh, a way of learning and applying. A lot of uh, kind of theory you now that you learn in, in first a university, then in the, uh, in, uh, in the business consulting. But then, you know, at some point you have to, to do something that is real. So uh, with that, I felt ready to start my own company, basically.
0: So, that, so then you, you came back from the US and, um, and, and but you came back with some some very important lessons from from a very famous investor. so so um, you actually saw Warren Buffett in person and uh, you went to one of his famous conferences
1: Absolutely. you know there was uh, really uh, I think we did the uh, initiatic path that any investor back then used to do and you know Warren Buffett was clearly you know the reference back then. Warren Buffett used to run. hedge fund basically and that hedge fund was called the buffett partnership Uh, so what we did was kind of reverse engineer uh all of the things that it did over those uh, 13 14 years which was by the way pretty hard to find because it's a private partnership but we managed to get to know a little bit all of that and spent uh say over a year working on that uh you know know how that that came from his experience and with that we felt uh, you know, that uh, pretty much ready to um, merge all of that within our uh, methodology and, and start a fund uh, on our own uh, name.
0: So a whole year you spent studying his hedge fund?
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, we we also studied a lot of other things, you know, for example, Michael Porter's methodology, and I'd and say uh, Michael Porter's tool that we still use a lot today, things that we have been learning also within consulting uh, the consulting world, and uh, and also we you know we started to learn about the the roots and the origins of value investing, which is something that uh, included merger arbitrage, for example, which is still an integral part of what we do today. And so we tried to put all that together in something that made sense, uh, and that's how we started uh, in uh, you know we started to put together a business plan because we didn't have a partner back then, and in, basically in 2002. Uh, with all of that together, we started to look for partners that could be willing to back uh, our ideas.
0: And for our listeners, can you break down that year long information gathering experience?
1: Absolutely. First of all, I would say the first lesson that, that you uh, learn from Warren Buffett is margin of safety, clearly. Then there's something that uh, the first and foremost, the uh, idea that you don't have uh, to lose. Uh, on capital. So the, 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 this kind of almost a fear of permanent loss on capital is something that has been there, uh, say, from day one.
0: You mentioned goodwill there. How would you define goodwill? Because I mean, from a very kind of headline perspective, hedge funds aren't traditionally associated with goodwill.
1: First and foremost, what we look at is uh, what we call sustainable competitive advantage. I mean, that's the most important thing that uh, in a way, will allow company to deliver above-average returns over time. Um, the first is really the strategy that uh, a business uh, is implementing, and that's something that has to be right, uh, meaning really zero-one uh, binary uh, appreciation on our side. So, I mean, do they have the right strategy for their business It's the first question that we ask ourselves. And the second is, do they have the ability to implement the strategy? And, you know, do they have... The financial means, the resources that are needed, uh, the skill set that is needed to uh, implement the strategy over over the long time over long term, including, i say, financial means. And the third is something that we uh, look at is really the track record of success that these people have. You know, this group of managers have in same or similar positions over pretty uh, say pretty long time so uh, they have to have at least five years for us to be uh, something that we can uh, and trust and and then with that we can really entrust capital that is from our clients from our investors but also from you know the capital that we uh, co invest with the, with in the funds uh, to this group of people I think one of the main, probably a little bit underrated uh, lessons uh, from Warren Buffett is that, you know, he chooses great businesses, but most of all, he chooses a great management team every time he endorses one of those businesses.
0: That brings me nicely onto the, onto the next leg of the journey is because you had to find some investors that were comfortable backing you. <laughs> so, the next stage of the, of the journey is finding partners. So, tell me a little bit about how you went about that process.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that has been a very uh, you know, kind of a crazy process when I look back. Yeah, we, we, we had put together a business plan. We were willing to, uh, you know, to basically put on the table uh, three years of work, no pay on our side. Uh, but we still needed some backing and, uh, and also we needed some financing funding for the funds. One was with uh, a, a pretty large bank here in France, a subsidiary of a CDC, Caisse de Banking Group. And, uh, and they were interested in our know-how, I would say, as um, outside of France, because they had a lot of managers that were really pretty comfortable within France, but internationally were not really doing much. So we convinced them to give us basically what was uh, material assistance, which means that they gave us uh, like a very small office after. I mean, back then, it was really behind the kitchen of their bank and behind the smoking corner, because back then we had a smoking corner. So we had this kind of uh, absolutely ridiculous, uh, you know, very small office. And uh, and uh, and I started, you know, like that. Uh, but the other one was very important as well, which was the backing of Jean-Marie Eveillard. So Jean-Marie Hever, I'm sure, you know, all of the audience know him. Uh, is is a very well known value investor, uh, you know, world in renowned, uh, and uh, and we're very proud and honored to have him on board because he's been backing us since day one, uh, just on the basis of what we told him. 2002, I would say late 2002, we had uh, you know the the office, we had the capital from Jean-Marie, and we were put in basically three years of work, um, and CDC actually agreed to give us three million euros in the funds. Uh, under one condition, and the condition was that they were actually, what they wanted us to manage a, actually advise, but we're not managed, advise on a um, balance fund, which means that there was a lot of cash. And the reason for that is that if we kind of did a disaster, it wouldn't show too much, because it was this kind of more than half a percent of the UM was in cash. So that's how we started. Jean-Marie was great simply because it uh, was really leaving us to, uh, to to do what we had to. It was we were talking to him regularly, maybe once a quarter, and and really they left us to our own devices. And uh, I, we were fortunate. Jean-Marie we were, he was always there for us whenever we wanted to discuss methodology. Uh, and uh, the approach that we were taking but he never was executive or operational on any of the decision so he was kind of a business angel he was uh, also chairman of the supervisory board of, of the, the company that we had to set up, uh, you know, a couple of years after we started, for uh, you know, just to make sure that the AMF, the regulator in France, was comfortable with with us managing money. And uh, and uh, but that's it. I mean, it was really it wasn't involved in the, in decision making, but it's always been there any time we need it and uh, it has been a great honor to have him on board uh, day one
0: so this is 2003 so the next let's talk about the the next three years 2003 to 2006 and and this is the point in which you, you almost make it to to a hundred million dollars so tell me about that almost and, and this and the story behind that
1: yeah that, that's, uh, that's' funny because we, we uh, I mean we were so focused on uh, managing money and building the infrastructure. Uh, you know, we were not coming from this war, so we, we, we had a fresh look at it. And then basically we said, okay, for example, we don't want to, um, you know, we don't want to be the 22nd call of the day of a salesperson pitching the same idea at the same time. So we want to build our own idea generation, uh, engines. And so we were doing all that. And we forgot one little detail is that in this business, you have to go after clients as well. So you have to have your clients, your investors, because in the end, it's a business. So you know, we, we started with 3 million, as we said, and all, little by little, they uh, they had a commitment for 15, which was really like the maximum that we were pretty much sure of. But clients like what we were doing and, and, and they started to invest. And in the end, yeah, we, we reached... I'll say I think it was 2006 where we were almost at 100 million dollars. Um, problem is that in the meantime the management at uh, the um, at the subsidiary of CDC changed, and they decided to create their own investment firm. So little by little we realized that basically they were not our clients. So you know we had to find ways of creating not only a fund but a business and a business meaning that you have to have uh, not only the ability to deploy capital, but also to raise capital. And, and so that's, uh, I would say, uh, unfortunately, was in conjunction with two other things. The first is that, you know, we uh, decided you know, with the, uh, the excitement, of having reached almost that 100 million and having done pretty well. Uh, so we said, OK, let's start now to get registered as our, as investment manager. Let's start to manage money in our own name. Detached from the bank and just do our own, uh, you know, way. And unfortunately, that was in 2006-7. Uh, you know, after the, the this three period, three-year period of advisory, and the, the, the uh, as you know, then the crisis struck, and then the, clearly it was a much more difficult period. But you no, know, just remaining for those three years in on those three years. Sorry, um, we did well, uh, and we learned a lot of those three years, and they were extremely important for building some of the building blocks of the operation that we now have uh, and uh, we are really grateful to uh cdc and because de pound to have uh, provided us that opportunity and of course marie being there has always been you know a fantastic o- a way for us to learn about i would say everything that is behind the scenes in finance you know it's uh, we knew how to choose a winner uh, in you know two companies look alike which is the winner which is the one that maybe not going to fare well that was something that we brought you know from our previous experience what we didn't know is that you know once you make the decision everything that Happens after that, uh, buying, selling. Uh, you have to make sure that the, you know the, your counterparting actually ends up receiving the money, and we end up receiving the shares.
0: So you spent those four years, and by the time you get to 2007, you're all set, ready to go, and then you've got boom, 2008. <laughs> so it like, must have been a crush. Like how how do you how do you build yourself back up after that?
1: Yeah, yeah. well, in 2007, when we started basically as an um, as investment manager. Um, we, you uh, know, uh, again, we were losing clients little by little because of what, you know, because of the uh, the bank's internal and change in management, and then the uh, clearly we had an issue with uh, the um, uh, with the financial crisis, as every small managers back then, uh, and and the, the financial crisis didn't hit us much, I would say, on the investment side we did well, but it was really you know our clients that were. Uh, having issues and basically the, the, the fund was working well and they could take money out of uh, and, and uh, I remember I still remember honestly uh, our largest client calling us uh, honestly in tears saying that they had to to, to redeem uh, because they had you know made a very poor investment on uh, on their on another the side when a fund that was actually in their side pockets and stuff like that so all of that was uh, was a great learning experience failed to kill us but didn't. And, 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 and we're still here today and clearly we are made us better in the way, you know, in the process. And we were fortunate, I would say, during the crisis to um, uh, where we thought we were actually just going to shut down the business uh, to have an opportunity. And the opportunity came uh, from a uh, from, from an, an British institution. I can name it because it's public, it's with an investment trust. And Whedon is one of the oldest, uh, let's say, uh, investment trusts created in the, in, in, in the UK, in, uh, based in London. Uh, and, uh, and, and the funny story here is that the CIO, of, the then CIO at Whedon, in 2008, early 2008, uh, was coming to Paris. And uh, was coming to Paris on, um, on, let's say, the advice of the consultant that they have. And this consultant basically had a problem because he, they had a, meet, like a meeting in the morning, a meeting in the afternoon, late afternoon, but it was not enough to justify the journey. So they had to find the third meeting you know, just to say, okay, at least I'm bringing the CIO or, or with them, but at least you're going to meet three managers, not just two. Uh, and so he called uh, a, uh, an, acquaintances, uh, an acquaintance of his uh, in Paris and said, do you know any manager that can show no, just not really, but just to show, uh, just to fill up the gap in a way. And they say, well, uh, you know, there are two young guys in a, in a garage basically. They're doing nice things, but maybe you know, if you want, I think they're good, but you should probably go and check them. Uh, and so the consultant say, okay, that's great. I just need an after lunch, 45 minutes, and then you know, we're gone. And so that's how we were introduced by, by total chance, I would say, to with an investment trust. And here we have uh, Jim Horsburgh, uh, C, uh CIO, CEO of an um, Investment Trust, extremely respected, coming to Paris to meet us. And uh, so that was, again, supposed to be 45 minutes. And uh, it took three hours, basically. And, and Jim really liked what he saw. And after that, he basically let us, uh, I would say, participate to attend tender offer that they were you know, putting in place. And in the end, we won a mandate with an Investment Trust for 40 million, that back then was, you know, basically probably 45% of the assets that we were managing, and that put us back on track, basically. So 2008 in the end failed, to, almost killed us, but you know, it was a great opportunity for us in many ways.
0: I've never, never heard a, a truer kind of. Version of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed, that's exactly <laughs> the same. Yeah.
0: Okay, so now let's let's move into the into the post crisis years. Um, Two thousand eight, nine, ten. Not easy, really, for small managers. Tell us about you've you've had a strong start out of the crisis, but how did it go from there?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, clearly we uh, we took some time uh, out of the crisis to understand. Uh, and it really, it appeared clear to us at some point that we had to do something about the uh, imbalances that were in the system. So, our thinking and back then was that, yeah, we did, pre- you know, we survived the crisis. We had no issues with liquidity or, or any kind of, uh, you know, restrictions to, to the investors, uh, and that was great. But at the same time, it appeared clear to to me and to us that our generation of managers would be facing headwinds, uh, you know, in terms of. Uh, let's say, financial and macroeconomic uh, instability. And, and clearly, that is something that uh, led us to think about uh, how we wanted to make our model evolve and morph into something, I would say, uh, more suitable and fit uh, for those uh, headwinds. So that's how we started. And um, I will say, started, started to think about uh, the how we could make our investment style uh, I would say, proof to uh, any kind of shocks that we could see uh, and get from, uh, from the system and the financials and the, and, and the macroeconomic uh, condition that we might face. So um, what we did uh, at that point was really starting to put in place uh, a research project uh, that allowed us to kind of uh, reverse engineer all of the strategies that we could see from uh, other funds. Uh, I would say we really focused on long shorts, long only funds, Try to see you know, how we could do things a little bit differently to optimize the risk-reward profile for our investors. And and clearly, the lesson learned in 2008 was um, paramount and of what I would say was extremely important. So um, we said to us, you know, there must be a third way. And the third way uh, was, uh, we looked at it into the Terry sketching. And the Terry sketching, was introduced to us after the crisis, simply because we were, uh, were we were trying to solve the equation differently and say, well, if the, if an investor is willing to withstand some volatility in a market that is down, maybe 10 to 15 percent max, that's uh, actually an area where you can have uh, a space where you can have plenty of opportunities. After that, that deserves hedging. So if you go down 20% or more, that's when you have, uh, say, a risk of permanent loss on, on capital. So that's what we want to focus on, and, and and that can be efficiently hedged. So I know we're going to discuss this in another uh, podcast, but uh, clearly that was the idea that uh, we, uh, and the vision, if you will, uh, that we came up with in 2009, so, okay, so let's try to find ways to uh, combine those strategies in order to provide the uh upside of equity markets with uh, i would say much much less downside but without eating too much into the performances of the long so uh, that's that's really how we moved into i would say a second iteration of our strategy which is the one that we uh we still employ today
0: um, Witten was, was a rescuer, um, but then um, there's a, there a change of management at, at Witten and, and, and um, things things, <laughs> things take a turn maybe for the worst again.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> going back to the business uh, that's, uh, and, and the journey, that I would say it's been a, another journey. Like, Witton was our white knight, if you will, in 2008. Uh, but uh, again, we were, I mean, this time it caught us uh, by surprise in 2011 uh basically uh, there was a change in management that you were saying we had a new cios uh, that, that, that just did what you know uh what I, I totally understand he arrived there and he saw this table of investment manager that he had and he had you know huge names and then you had this very very small uh, investment manager in paris and the first thing it is i mean i cannot afford to you know if these guys have a problem you know they, they're extremely small i don't want to uh, be associated with that so uh there is a risk here for uh, for, for yeah you know, maybe i don't know for uh, that it identified uh and and it was well, also after the crisis still you know with some memory of the crisis so said you know guys you're performing very well but i am sorry i have to uh, basically withdraw your your mandate so uh, we lost again probably 35% uh, of our assets uh, at the time but this time was different simply because uh, we learned from the previous uh, situation of 2007.
0: They say you should never say that this time is different. <laughs> this time
1: was different. And, you know, it's not different in the economy, but it was different in the business. And it never is in the economy, in the financial market. But it can be different in life and in uh, in business. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it, it truly was uh, in that we had started to build since 2010 our own uh, marketing uh and the crm um uh, operations so which means that we were able to actually go and and, and uh, market our funds in several geographies and so we were starting to get traction and yeah we lost this time again uh 35 percent of our assets but it was an entirely different uh, situation and 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 you know since then we, we really never looked back uh, and, and and managed to get uh, traction in several uh, geographies and have this uh you know assets
0: raise There is a positive to this story because, you know, you've gone on, you've built your business, you've become independent, you've built loyalty with your clients who have seen you put in stellar performance, especially in 2015, 2018 and last year, 2020, which, my goodness, was was a complete standout kind of black swan of a year and, and you saw fantastic performance again. So so please tell me a little bit about kind of the pandemic experience and, and some of maybe the lessons that you've learned from previous stressful experiences and the, how that helped you. Uh,
1: and so we entered uh, the um, Q1 2020 with an extremely, I will say, adequate um, range of hedges that performed really well in February and March. I mean, clearly, it was uh, eventful and you can say stressful maybe, but but we were we were ready and uh, and and I would say all the lessons learned from 2008, uh, you know, 15, 18 came to fruition I would say during in, in that in that pandemic uh, situation and the pandemic for us it is unfortunate because pandemic has been of course very sad uh, situation and, and we've seen a lot of despair uh, both I would say on on, on unfortunate. Uh, health situations and 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 uh, of course on the on business side. But for us, I have to say that uh, it was uh, in a way uh, a showcase uh, opportunity. So I would say for us, 2020 has been uh, a defining year, a year where uh, people, uh, you know, at the firm has been extremely proud of, and uh, what the investor really were. I mean, we, we received calls from the investor congratulating us, and uh, honestly, is something that. Uh, you know it's, it's, i've never witnessed before and and then and, and, and i would say having that kind of discussion with the investor in a period was really tense for all the families of, of also here of, of the people in the firm uh did help a lot so you know that's that was a great opportunity for us and out of that uh you know, i would say we have been uh growing assets of course significantly because uh, i think we have a great example of why we're doing things in, in, in you know in a, in a the the way uh, we have built over maybe now 15 years uh, and 15 years of research um, in-depth uh, I would say processes and, and the methodology building.
0: Thank you very much for, for sharing your story, which which I don't think is for the faint hearted. <laughs> but is it but it is a lesson in in sticking to your convictions and, and you know having faith in, in in what you are building and bringing people along with you.
1: Absolutely. Well thank you very much for having us here today, Amy, and i uh, yeah delighted to go into a little bit of detail with the team which is clearly the thing we're most proud of.